Hello and welcome to another episode of the Extra Innings Baseball Podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 31st. My name is Ryan Vance. And my name is Mark Stubinger. Of course, this episode we will be breaking down the World Series. And honestly, quick take, not that exciting of a series. Um, of course, the Red Sox beat the Dodgers in five games, four to one. They took games one and two at home. Game three, of course, was the ridiculously long 18-inning game in Los Angeles, which the Dodgers uh, won. And then game four and five, the Red Sox finally clinched the series without it going back to Boston. So I think that's three World Series in a row, at least three World Series in a row, where the visiting team has won it, which I always find less fun. I always like to see the team that's at home. Like, I want to see it clinched at home. That's always more fun. Speaking from 2018, Mark, I know you might be a little bitter about visiting teams winning. It's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do have some experience with seeing visiting teams win on my favorite team's field after yeah. this year. <laughs> but so, uh, I like it. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to say, I, I agree with you. I, I was not wanting the Dodgers to win the series, but I was wanting the Dodgers to draw it out a little bit yeah. and make it interesting because it never really seemed like the Red Sox weren't in control. I was rooting for the, the Red Sox, um, but... I, I wanted a fun series. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's what I almost always root for. And, unless the one time I've seen my, the Cubs in the World Series, I was hoping for a four-game sweep with, yeah. and no stress. But uh, other than that, I always just root for fun series. Yep, I'm right there with you. This was less exciting. Especially, I think, last year was such a fun World Series. Like, last year's World Series was crazy. I'm, yes. I mean, it was every other game was just, like, ridiculous. And this one was just not that. So, I don't know. Yep. I mean... You'll have that. It's one of the, I guess, benefits of, or it's a good reminder that baseball isn't uh, super staged. Like I always yeah. start to question like overly dramatic series and like super, you know, high tension situations every single time. Like I'm not going to like point a finger at the NBA or like another league, but sure. like it's nice to see, like it's a good reminder that it's, you know, the high leverage situations, they're more high leverage when they don't happen all the time, you know, like, yeah. Sometimes we need lame World Series to make, you know, like, the 2016 one that much better. So, um, I guess we got to take this for what it is. Also interesting that the – I'd say it's rare that this happens. I don't have the number, but the best team clearly won the World Series. I mean, the Red Sox were the best team all year, and they, they mopped up everybody in the playoffs, really. Um, That's, what, three years in a row we've seen that, maybe? Three years in a row the best team has won, I, I would say. I yeah, think. I'd, I'd back you up on that. Um. I guess now, yeah. So three years in a row for sure, the best team. Maybe after that, you can debate, I guess. But um, do you, do you like seeing that? Like, how do you feel as a fan? Like, I, I personally, like, I feel like vindicated. Like, yeah, like that's like the best team should win. But then also kind of like, well, like, I don't know. It's fun to see upsets. So where, where do you lie on that spectrum? Yeah, there, there's definitely like some some tension there because when I fill out my dream hypothetical bracket, it's usually usually involves seeing the big dominant team lose yeah which was not the case this year i I did pick the red sox to win i guess not because i wanted to so like i I have two camps where like as a casual fan i love to see the upset but as like a, a fan of the league and like i care so much about baseball as a sport it is good to see like the playoffs end up directing the best team to the championship you know like it seems like okay our system works like the team that was the best all season long did their job did what they were supposed to do and they won the playoffs that's what you want to see yeah. and you know like you could think about 
March Madness, it's actually really hard for the best team in to, to win that huge gigantic bracket because sure. there's so many variables. Yeah. Uh, I love seeing upsets, but they aren't always fair, especially to a team that deserves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who deserves to win. So um, I'm kind of in both camps a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think it's hard to not be because, like, obviously – Everybody loves a good underdog story. Like you love that, sure. unless you like really dislike that team or something. Like, but uh, it's always good to to see the the team that you feel like deserves to win actually finish it out. Um, so, in in that aspect, it was uh, th- three years in a row with I think the best team winning. Um, I guess we should say too. I guess we didn't, we didn't mention this, but uh, you picked the Brewers and Red Sox in the World Series. Which I guess I did too, but I picked the Red Sox to win. You picked the Brewers to win. So, haha. You got me. <laughs> we'll have to uh, go back and look at the picks more. Of course, if, if you haven't listened to the podcast uh, in the past few years, we will do an episode in probably a couple weeks where we go back and go through some of our regular season predictions and the picks we made that I'm sure are terrible now um, before the season even started. And so that should be fun, but uh, we'll, we can go back and see how we, we did for the full season more so than just the playoffs. So, yeah. And so I, I think like if you're interested in a lot of the like analytics and the stats of the series, you can find that anywhere. So like, we're, I guess our, the direction of our podcast is a little more, uh, opinionated and yeah. so we won't like dive into every single blow by blow of like each game i mean some players performed really well some didn't come through yeah. like my, my kenley jansen forewarning ended up actually literally playing out which it i did. i was i was pretty excited about um but we will talk about um steve pierce winning the world series mvp that's pretty exciting oh he was phenomenal not the guy i was gonna exp- <laughs> you know throw- that was not a name we threw out there when we I talked wonder- about this killer offense you know Vegas has like lines on every single sports thing possible. I would love to know like what were the odds if you're betting on World Series MVP before the series started. What were his odds? Like if you put like twenty bucks on Steve Pierce, like what do you like? You walking home with like two grand, like ten thousand dollars, like what is it? Like it's just it's uh, <laughs> I, no one would have guessed that. I think and I don't have the stat on hand. I just remembered it, and I don't think I put it in our stats uh, later. But he was. The second, I believe, only second player ever to win World Series MVP who was traded during the season. Hmm. Wow, that's really interesting. And he was traded from the Blue Jays to the Red Sox. They got a steal of a trade where the Red Sox paid him $1.5 million this season. And then his contract's up. So. Well, but they're glad they did that. Yeah, I would say that they won that trade. I don't know, honestly, off the top of my head how he did with them during the regular season. But uh, worth whatever he, he did in the World Series. And he like he was super clutch too, like he had the bases clearing, double and game six. No, sorry, game four that blew that open. Um, and he had two home runs in game seven. Like he was just lights out. It, yeah, it was fun to watch. I mean, see like the guy who's like, I don't know. Would you call him a veteran? I, yeah, I mean he's been around since two thousand seven. He hasn't played a lot. Like he's never. He's only had one season where he played more than a hundred games. But he's been around the league. He's been on a ton of different teams. So I think that's pretty neat to kind of see like a, a guy that a lot of teams are familiar with coming through and finally getting his like moment of glory. It's pretty cool. Not, not that I wouldn't have liked to see it be Mookie or JD. Uh, like I think most people would have expected that, but um, pretty cool to see him, him like Steve, Steve Pierce, excuse me, take were, it home being an older guy too, which we'll talk about that more a little later. Yeah. Were you surprised that he won instead of David Price winning? Cause I was kind of surprised. I thought David Price would win it. 
just because of the very notable struggles he's had in the postseason before, and then he was really good this year. And I, I kind, I mean, he was great in the World Series. That, not, that's not the only reason he should win because of that storyline. Uh-huh. But I thought that, that would push him over the edge. I thought they might go co MVPs or something um, between the two. But I was kind of thinking they'd give it to to David Price. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I, he he was really good. I mean, I think he pitched thirteen and two thirds of the fifty three innings that yeah. the Red Sox pitched or you know played defense more than so, almost more than double anyone else. Yeah, and with a one point nine eight ERA, that's definitely slamming the door. So like that is a good point. I I don't know like the the cynical side of me that doesn't trust the MLB would have guessed that they would have picked David Price because mm-hmm. they like the name value and like the guy with the big fat contract like they want to make it look like the guy who's getting paid was worth what he got paid so like the conspiracy theorist in me wants to say like it should have been David Price or I'm surprised it wasn't I'm I'm happy for the guy who wasn't as prominent but I got to say I think David Price did make a pretty good case for it now that you bring it up. Yeah, I think if it was my decision, I probably would have actually given it to Price. Just in the age we're in for baseball of pitching being, starting pitching being so short, Mm -hmm. such short outings, especially in the postseason, when he eats in two starts, 13.2 innings, like that's huge. Um, And I mean, he shut the Dodgers down. He was, he was great. You could nitpick it and, Say we could have struck out more about it, whatever. Like, but thirteen point two innings in the World Series and a five game set. I mean, he was not only pitching in game two and five, but he was warming up in game in the bullpen during game four. Um, like he he was just ready to go, and I'm happy. I was I really enjoyed watching him redeem himself because it was such. We talked about it on the podcast before how he struggled so much in the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, and he talked about it a lot. If you haven't seen it in the post game interviews. Um, about how we overcame it and stuff, and um, it's just fun to watch. I mean, I'm not – I like the Red Sox. Like, they're my second favorite team, but I'm not, like, a diehard Red Sox fan by any means. But uh-huh. I really enjoyed watching him him uh, perform so well. Yeah, I, I will say as far as, like, previous World Series MVPs and stuff, it does seem like uh, they are they put a pretty high value on clutch. In, yeah. And that's, that is a really hard – you know, like, there is no real sabermetric for that. Um, so – that that's definitely like a significant factor. And so I, I don't know, like when you think about I was David price clutch as well, it's hard for a starting pitcher to be clutch because they're yeah. pitching the front end of the innings. And if they start to get into an actual jam, someone else usually comes in. So it is hard to, hard to put a value on, but when you think about like past, I think of like Ben Zobrist, I mean, he, he deserved it in 2016, yeah. but like he had like the memorable hit too. It's mm. like sometimes, or, you know, David freeze won it for the Cardinals in yeah. 2011. Like a lot of times it's just the guy who, who had the opportunity and came through. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of times it comes down to the clutch because in a seven, somewhere between four and seven game series, there's not a lot of statistical separation between te- like players because there's just not that many at bats. So there's usually not like one clear favorite mm-hmm. unless somebody had like way more RBIs or home runs or something. Um, but usually it's pretty similar because they played so few games and had so few plate appearances. Um, but yeah, I would say clutch play is the biggest factor. I mean, I was thinking the NLCS, Cody Bellinger won MVP and he had a bad year. He had a bad series. Yeah. His stats weren't even good. He just had like a couple clutch hits, um, which I guess maybe that makes him the most valuable because they barely won that series. And if he didn't get those, then they don't win. So I don't know, but, uh, that, that does play a large factor in it for sure. 
All right, before we uh, move on to our stat portion of the podcast, we're going to let you know how you can connect with us outside of listening to the podcast. The first way you can do that is by sending us an email. You can email us at extrainningspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the World Series, on who you think should have won MVP, anything like that. Um, We'd love to start doing a listener questions type um, segment on the podcast where we just go over things you guys want to hear about. So, um, again, email us. It's extrainningspodcast at gmail.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Extra Innings Baseball, and on Twitter at Extra Innings Pod. That's at Extra Innings P-O-D. We'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds and left us a rating on whatever podcast service you provide. That helps us out a lot by letting us know how we're doing as well as letting more people find the podcast. And last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon. So uh, especially as we kind of transition into the off season, I, I think some of the uh, the baseball news might die down a little bit for some people, but we're going to keep on going for sure throughout the off season. So if you find that kind of insight valuable, um, consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash extra innings. We do have some pretty cool ideas and ways we can improve the podcast with your support, uh, such as creating like a video podcast. We think that'd be really cool. And unfortunately there are some costs associated with that. So if that's something you're interested in seeing happen, uh, consider supporting us again. That's patreon.com slash extra innings. All right. We're going to get into our stat blast portion of the podcast. And this is by far the longest stat blast segment we will probably ever have. Um, but there are tons of stats to go over. So let's kick it off here. In game one of the world series, Andrew Benintendi became just the fourth player aged 25 or younger with a four-hit game in the World Series during the expansion era, era, so like 1961, I believe, until now. Um, Also, he became just the fourth player to have four-plus hits and three-plus runs in his first career World Series game. So, uh, he... I I was confused by them not starting him in L.A. Uh I know they wanted J.D. Martinez in the field, but I don't... I don't understand why Mookie Betts wasn't just starting at second base because he played second base in the minors. Interesting. Because they kept Betts in the outfield. Who I know, yeah. I know he's like a Gold Glove defender and he's great in the field. But or why why can't JD Martinez play first base? That's like the easiest spot that in second base. Like it's not that hard to learn. I don't know. I don't know. It's it something. Just, did he do that during the regular season? No, he had never done it before. But like, it's probably something you don't experiment with in the World Series. I guess I don't know. I and I, it worked out because Steve Pierce played first, and yeah, obviously know how that went. went pretty well. So maybe I'm just uh, I'm trying to like armchair manage the Red Sox, but it I was shocked that they didn't start Benintendi. Yeah, they probably don't want to try anything new. You think? No. Okay, okay. I don't get on this point forever, but you think Red Sox 108 wins this year? They were phenomenal all year. They knew for a while, long time they were going to be in the playoffs, and for quite a while, though, they were going to win the division. You think, like, going down the last month or two of the season, they think, you know what, there's a high chance that we are in the World Series and playing games in a National League park. Maybe we should try out a lineup for what we want hmm. to do. I don't know. I just – it was interesting. Yeah, you're not wrong. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Next, game one was the first time in his 211 career starts that Chris Sale threw 90-plus pitches and also lasted four innings or fewer. Yeah, not a, not a great performance from either pitcher in game one because it was the first time that both starters in a World Series game threw 75-plus pitches and lasted four innings or fewer since pitch counts began being tracked in 1988. Interesting. Yes. Not very efficient. Clayton Kershaw, not, not a great series. No, I think he has cemented his status as not being a great postseason pitcher. I feel like 
more of the early career postseason struggles for him were more of random chance and him being left in too long than him just not performing well in the postseason. Or I feel like now he's just not as good as he used to be, and he's still really, really good. But I feel like he's not as good as he used to be, and so that's more of the factor now. I don't know. That could be a whole discussion. That could be a whole podcast. But True. Anyway, yep. Another topic for another day. But moving on to the stats. In game two of the series, the Boston bullpen retired the final 16 Dodger batters. That's the longest streak consecutive batters retired to end a World Series game by an American League team since Don Larson's perfect game in the 1956 World Series. Yeah, those guys get get mowed down. I wonder if Don Larson won World Series MVP in 1956. I don't know. Next, the 18 inning game three of the World Series set a new record for longest playoff game ever. It lasted seven hours and 20 minutes. It also tied the postseason record for most innings played. So one more, and it could have broken it. I did not stay up and watch this game. It was like the 16th. Me neither. 17th, I'm like, going to bed. Like, they, I think they had to combine. It's like the 16th or 17th. I think they had to combine like 15 hits. I was like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> Sad, yeah. Uh, following up, 1956, Don Larson did win World Series MVP. Oh, that, that would make sense. <laughs> Um, during the 18 innings, they combined 46 players as well as 18 pitchers were used. Those are both postseason records. I'm following up on the really long game. <laughs> uh, here are a, a list of things that take less than seven hours and 20 minutes. So say you did watch that game from inning one to inning 18. Here's something else you could have done. A couple things. Uh, watching the entirety of the original Star Wars trilogy, that's six hours, 16 that minutes. Probably would have been more entertaining because it was just not that exciting. Yeah, if you're into Star Wars, which I we both are, yeah, I would agree with you. Um, maybe not as entertaining. Walking a marathon at 3.6 miles per hour would get you in at seven hours and 17 minutes. <laughs> uh, flying from L.A. to Boston, five hours and 26 minutes. And, and sorry, this I is, a, this is another one. fact, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I messed that up on the spreadsheet. Uh, the you could also instead of watching game seven or sorry this seven hour twenty minute long game, you could have watched the entire nineteen thirty nine World Series. It only lasted seven hours and five minutes as the Yankees swept the Reds in four games. And I should give the uh, the credit to Jeff Passan from Yahoo Sports who tweeted that. So. Um, I don't always give credit. I should do it every time, but I don't always do it. But he came up with that list, and I loved it. So That's pretty awesome. I'm sure he will never hear this podcast. So, <laughs> But uh, he's he's a great writer and great follow on Twitter. Check it out. Next, Nathan Ivaldi set a new World Series record in Game 3, throwing 97 pitches in relief. The previous record was 90, set by Charlie Hoff, I believe is his name. I think that's correct. Um, moving on to game four, Eduardo Rodriguez game four start made him the first pitcher since 1924 to start a world series game the day after pitching in relief. And he did really well. He pitched like six innings. I think he ended up giving him like three runs in the sixth or something. Um, but he pitched really well after pitching in the 18 inning game the night before. Hmm. Donald Trump didn't have anything to say about him. Apparently. No, he did not. <laughs> Next, appearing in each of the first four World Series games, Ryan Madsen of the Dodgers came in to pitch with a total of seven inherited runners on base. All seven of those runners scored. He allowed just four inherited runners out of 14 to score during the regular season. So, another Dodger pitcher not coming through in the postseason. Pretty uh, disastrous series when you let seven, all seven of your inherited runners score. Like, that's rough. And you don't actually get any statistical credit for that. Uh-uh. Like, <laughs> you would have no idea. People. Like, I wonder, out of curiosity, I can check this real quick. Uh, Ryan Madsen's 
ERA in the World Series was 3.86. So not great, but not bad. Yeah, if you look back at these stats in 50 years, you're going to think, yeah, he was fine. Yeah, he, he supplied some good innings on the bullpen. Nope. <laughs> um, moving on, Kenley Jansen gave up game-tying home runs in games three and four. He's the second relief pitcher to allow game-tying homers in back-to-back World Series games, joining the Diamondbacks' Byung Hyun Kim in 2001. So like you said earlier, and you called before the series, Kenley Jansen... Uh, kind of faltered. Not a great year for him, although I wonder how much that's health-related with that irregular heartbeat issue he's having. But yeah. regardless, not a good year. Yep, down year for Kenley. Hopefully better days ahead for him. Yeah. In the last 10 seasons, teams are 31-2 and two when leading by four or more runs in the World Series. The two losses are the Dodgers in Game 4 of this year's World Series and the Dodgers in Game 5 of last year's World Series. Ouch! That would be a, that's a rough stat for uh, Dodgers fans. Yeah, as if they didn't need more like heaping coals on their head. I kind of feel bad when I was putting all these together because there's almost no good stats about the Dodgers in here. But I like, couldn't find anything that like really made them look good. I, I Maybe that's like rubbing salt in the wound by me saying that. But I kind of felt bad. I'm like, I gotta find some like pro Dodger stuff because I'm sure they did some cool stuff. Um, but they're hard to find. David Freeze bad at 417. Yeah, we do have a David Freeze stat actually coming up soon. Oops, spoiler. Um, on Sunday, the day of Game Seven, Los Angeles became the first city ever to host an MLB, NBA, NFL, and NHL game on the same day. All four games were played within five miles of each other. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is. So I wonder if you could like how you could time it if you could have went to all of them. Man, that would actually have been awesome. Really expensive, but yeah. yeah, yeah true. <laughs> Some games a little more than others, but yeah. Uh-huh. All right, here's a good old David Freeze stat, my, my, my boy from 2011. Uh, he has two World Series home runs in his career, one walk-off. I remember that very favorably. Sure and one lead-off. The only player to have both is Derek Jeter. Yeah. Pretty good. Derek's free. David Freeze. Wow. David <laughs> Freeze is getting a, like a lot of... He's like got a repertoire of like excellent performance in the postseason. He does, yeah. I know Clutch sabermetrically does not mean anything but like there are guys who just seem like they're better i don't know it's small sample size i don't know yeah. it's unreliable they say but it seems like people can do it and some can't so um i guess everybody has their own take on that um next steve pierce joins babe ruth and ted i'm gonna murder this name ted clues whiskey clues whiskey as the only players aged 35 or older with the multi-homer game in the world series cool of course for him yeah game five Chris Sale became just the third pitcher in the divisional era to throw start. <laughs> to start. Well, to, oh, yeah, to start on opening day and get the final out of the World Series. He's the first AL pitcher to do so since Allie Reynolds in 1950. Yeah, the days of starting pitchers throwing in late innings are just becoming more and more sparse. So mm-hmm. Anyway, the follow-up would be Sale also became just the ninth pitcher ever to get the first and last out of the World Series. So definitely some key innings for Chris Sale. Yeah, I mean, he had... Really, only he pitched twice. He had game one and then game seven or game seven. I keep saying game seven. He had game game five in the last inning. Um, That's kind of just like a middle finger almost. I don't know how to <laughs> say that nicely to the Dodgers. Like you're gonna lose. Like sorry, and he struck everybody out. Yeah, which is good because he was a little shaky in the first start. He was, yeah. Um, and finally, our last stat: Boston's 119 wins this season, including of course the postseason are the second most ever by a World Series champion. The 1998 Yankees are the only team with more with 125. Man, I don't think that's ever going to be broken. That's So you, you'd need to win 114 games and 
Uh, you need to win 115 games to break it because you had to win 11 in the postseason. Currently, with the format, that's crazy. I guess if well, if you're the wild card team, you could win 12. So oh, yeah, you can win 100. Yeah, or you can so get many. in one of these insane tiebreaker scenarios like we have yeah. the National League. But that, yeah, it's true. You could do that too. Um, still, you're, you know, pretty much almost have to break the single season win record to have a chance. At the yeah, game. yeah, for sure. That's the safe way to do it. Yeah. So. Um, that's going to wrap us up on this podcast. Although Ryan kind of mentioned it, we will be around this off season. Um, it won't be regular uploads like every couple days or once a week, or like we usually do. Um, but we'll definitely be checking in from time to time when there's some notable news and things to discuss and free agency and all that fun stuff that goes on. So if you haven't yet subscribe, leave us a rating. would love that. Um, but we'll be here. So hopefully you'll tune in this off season and get some more analysis there. Um, that'll wrap us up. This is my name, Carl My name is Ryan Vance. We'll see you next time.